Welcome to the Men Are The Prize podcast. This is a safe space for men just like you to be open, vulnerable, and emotional. Every week, a new case study steps out of his comfort zone to discuss masculinity. Using the prize mantra, we discuss important aspects of being a man. This is the who, what, where, when, and how of manhood. Men are the prize podcast. I'm back. How you guys doing? Hopefully you had a good week. I've had a good week. I'm alive. I'm on the ground. I'm walking around. Everything else is extra. It's been really good. Another great guest this weekend. I'm, again, I'm going to kind of relate myself and I see hopefully we can weave him into this. So you've listened or you've watched. I'm 47. I'm old man just walking around this earth here. But um, about seven or so years ago, my wife was pregnant with our last child and I'm here supporting and do whatever. And then she had to get on bed rest. So she was bed rest pretty much towards the end of the pregnancy, which is about four or five months. And you know what? We're maintaining. I'm like, all right, I got to take care of business. She was cooking, taking care of the kids, working. I'm like, no, I got it. I got the food shop and I'm doing all this stuff. And my focus as with most of us men was with everyone else, with the family wife, kids, everything else, except a pretty important person. So as time was going along, I was starting to feel tired. I didn't know what it was, but you know, as men, I picked up some dirt, I rubbed it on it and I kept it moving, which is what we do. And I'm like, I'm probably just not feeling well, whatever, it'll go away. And it kept, it stayed, it lingered. And right before I started feeling this way, I decided, you know, I'm turning 40. I want to do something big. I'm not going to be some old man. I'm going to do some paintballing. So I invited a bunch of boys. We're going to go paintball and have some fun. So that was all scheduled. My birthday is in the end of October. About two weeks in October, I got up to shower and head to work. I made into the shower. I got out of the shower. I walked into my room and I collapsed. It turns out that I'm a diabetic and I found out that my blood my uh, blood sugar was over 500, that the really, I, reason I was so tired, the reason I was just exhausted, that I was in the bathroom all the time, that I never felt good is that I'm a type two diabetic. And these symptoms were in my face. They were slapping me in the face, but I was so concerned with taking care of my wife, my pregnant, wife on bed rest and my other three children that I forgot about me. And we do that a lot as men. We, the focus goes elsewhere. And one thing I like to say is that I, you can't really help the people around you unless you take care of yourself. I needed the mask to fall in front of my face and for me to put it on me before I could take care of everybody else. It is important as men that we take care of ourselves, that we take care of ourselves physically, emotionally, psychologically, whatever. Our guest this week, and I can't wait to get this conversation, deals with this in the gym and he takes it by extension somewhere else. So we're gonna talk about that. But I start every podcast with this. You know everything about me at this point, but what I am is just a man trying to live in this world. I'm not trained, I can't diagnose, I can't, help you specifically in your problems. What I can do is create this format 
this area for you to listen to men talk about what's going on in their lives. And the more you hear men talk about what's going on, the more comfortable you'll be with it. And then maybe you'll be comfortable doing it yourself. That's what this is. We're not supposed to talk about our feelings, our emotions, our struggles. Yes, we're supposed to. And the more men you hear doing it here, I want you to head out to the world and find a friend, find a therapist, find somebody and get all that crap out. Because you know what happens when we don't release it healthy? We release it in that toxic fashion. And we're not toxic here. We don't do that. And with that said, Carl Berryman is the guest. If you know I love a bio. And you, if you listen to the first season, you know I love quotes. And I kind of stepped away from that. But reading his bio, he brought me back to the roots. <laughs> Whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. Mark Twain. By taking the best of what works inside the gym and applying it outside the gym, I help people transform their bodies and their lives simply by doing the opposite of what most people tell us to do. That is the self-written biography or bio of Carl Berryman. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fabulous and thank you very much. And that is an absolutely fabulous opening story. And you could not be speaking more truth there in that. Um, I know women are definitely very bad for taking care of everybody other than themselves. But the thing is, the spotlight's very rarely shone on men who do the same thing too. So I'm really glad you're putting this platform together because from my experience, like something that transformed my life back in 2017 was being part of a men's coaching program called Wake Up Wear led by Garrett J. White. And the thing that he talked about was how he talked about a lot of things, but one of those things is how men repress and have no idea how to express their emotions and aren't even aware of those emotions. And unless you can tap into and release those things, you are just like you said, going to be releasing some toxicity in the worst places at the worst time with the people you love most. So having a platform like this and you providing the space for men to not just learn how to do this, but have an environment where they actually can is going to be ridiculously invaluable. So I am honored to be sharing the space with you right now, my man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, it's just something that I felt like it needed to be done. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just the person and half of the issues or concerns or problems that we may have as men, a lot of them can be solved by doing something as simple as listening. Mm -hmm. Just hearing a man explain, just saying it and having somebody receptive to it no judgment, just to talk. It's amazing how much better we feel when we can drop the weight, mm -hmm. when we recognize we're not alone. And it's really important. So that's what this was. And I, I've had that feeling, but you know, I'm not there now, but I know there's other men and we kind of raise our men to be that way. And I didn't want that. So mm -hmm. um, I appreciate your kind words. Thank you. Let's get to it. So I read your bio. I like a bio. Let's say, Carl, I meet you. I know who you are, kind of. I didn't get a chance to read the bio, though. I got 10 seconds. I caught you on the street. What do you say to somebody? How do you describe yourself real fast? Man, in 10 seconds. Um, I'm the guy that's going to, just like in the gym, where I would give you all the tools that you need to transform your body, um, I'm going to be your trainer. Essentially, outside the gym, what I want you to do is become your own trainer by being able to look in the mirror at every aspect of your life, whether that's your relationships, your emotional well-being, or your sense of purpose and passion or your profession, 
um, helping you go to the only place you're going to find all the answers that you need. And as cliche as this might sound, that is inside yourself. You're going to know the answers to what makes you work way better than me or anybody else. As long as you have the tools to find those answers, you'll be good to go. So I heard accountability in there. It's one of my favorite words. <laughs> I love accountability, accountability, empathy. There are words that I, that resonate with the journey that we men are supposed to be on. So I love it already. Mm -hmm. All right. You've listened to the podcast or if you haven't, welcome. And thanks for giving me some of your time. Men are the prize is the name. The word prize is what I enjoy. It wasn't always attached to men. It was usually heterosexually attached to us chasing women. They were the mm -hmm. prize. And it occurred to me that I think we men are pretty cool too. And I wanted <laughs> us to realize that we're the prize also. I took the word, I take four of the letters and associate each letter to a characteristic that I think will create a good man. The first letter in the word prize is P. The word is purpose. Purpose is defined as reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Carl, what is your purpose? Uh, it's really simple. And this is something I got from one of the books, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Um, I can't remember which one it is, but it's simply to inspire the dreams of humanity through the living of my own. Really simple. When did you know that was your purpose? Oh man. When did I know that was my purpose? It was a culmination of events, but I'm going to say there were three main events that made that happen. Number one, uh, when I was 19 years old, I was a bar manager at a restaurant here called Earl's. And one day I woke up to my mom calling home from work. Uh, my dad was at home on disability because uh, he had lupus. And so I answer the phone. I'm late for work. She's like, hey, can you go get your dad? I'm like, can you just call back later? Like, I got to go. Otherwise, I'm going to be late for work. So I get to work right on the nick of time, 10 a.m., as soon as I get there, manager calls me in the office says, Hey, Carl, like you need to call home. I'm like, what's going on? So he's like, just call home right now. And so I call home and somebody picks up the phone. It's not my mom. It's not my dad. It's not my sister who was living with us or two of my other brothers who weren't living with us. It was some guy I didn't know. And he said, Carl, you need to come home right now. I said, what the hell is going on? He said, just come home now and hung up. So I sped home. And when I got home, my dad was in the exact same position in his bed as when I left. Because when I went to go get him for the phone, he wasn't still sleeping. He had passed away in his sleep. So that started my trajectory into health and fitness and become a personal trainer. Because one thing I realized the hard way is that if you don't have your health, you really do not have anything. And the tailspin that that sent our family on was uh, pretty traumatic even still to this day. So that was, that was kind of the first part. Then the second one was realizing after years of personal trainer, personal training, that no matter how much I help my clients transform their bodies, it didn't really do much for their lives because we would spend their entire sessions just, or they would spend their entire sessions kind of treating me as a the therapist where they're complaining about their jobs, complaining about how much stress they have, complaining about anxiety, complaining about a lack of love in their marriage, complaining about the kids, like just all these things. And I'm realizing, holy cow, Carl, like your purpose was to help people improve their health and fitness, but are you helping them improve their lives? And the clear answer was no. And then finally, the third straw was in 2019 when I woke up one day and I decided, you know what? It was December 4th, 2019. I took a picture of myself in the mirror and said, I'm getting a jump on the New Year's resolution. 
And keep in mind, I've been a trainer for a while now. So I didn't realize I'd taken a picture of myself exactly a year before to the whole glamour shot before and after. And the two pictures looked exactly the same. So I went an entire year as a personal trainer thinking I was crushing my workouts and crushing my nutrition and no change had happened. So then for whatever reason, I asked myself, if I thought I was doing everything right with regards to my body and nothing has changed, where else am I fooling myself? And so I took a look at my relationship, which was, which was completely broken. Just we were on autopilot, like the relationship had gotten sexless. There was no, like very little intimacy. Yeah, we were getting around or getting along, but we were like roommates. And that's not what either of us wanted. So we separated for three months and kind of found ourselves there. I realized, you know what? Here I am a personal trainer, supposedly doing what I love for a living. And I am suffering from hardcore depression to the point where when I wake up in the morning, I'm sending my clients texts, lying to them about my back being sore and my dogs being sick, just so I wouldn't have to do the training. And it was at that moment that I realized like something really needs to change. And that's when I started applying the same principles that work inside the gym, outside the gym, because when I had that realization and looking at those two pictures, I made some very subtle changes that allowed me to radically transform my body in 63 days. So then I just started applying those same strategies and principles to my relationships, my emotional well-being, and my sense of purpose. And the next thing you know, within the next year, my life completely transformed. So that's the very long yet short version of how I came about that purpose. That is amazing. And I think most of us men, we, I don't know, we all have something that makes us change for the better, mm -hmm. for the worse. There's something that clicks. And I mean, you obviously explained it very well and you knew what it was, you knew the dates. It's a lot of us have a moment and sometimes we realize it later. We don't realize it mm -hmm. at the moment. <laughs> sometimes it's like, oh my God, I had a heart attack or I have a heart attack, but three months ago I wasn't feeling well. I couldn't even get up the stairs or all these things and we don't click it in. But I like the fact that you know when and you ran with it. That's good. Um, I had a question. Did you, growing up, have a person who was in physical shape, who worked out? Is there anybody that you can remember who you kind of saw who did that? And uh, maybe you'd... Yeah, my, my oldest brother, I, I, I kind of idolized my older brother. So my older brothers are seven and eight years older than me. And one of them specifically always had like muscle and fitness magazine in the house. And he had like the old school, like super skinny bench with like the, uh, the rubber plates with the sand in them. And he'd always be mm -hmm. working out. So yeah, I'd go down there when I'm like 10, 12 years old. And then that kind of progressed through high school where I started working out and everything like that got really into the gym. And, um, I was just really into sports and everything like that. So I, I adopted, physical training in terms of the gym pretty early on but yeah i'd have to say it was uh it was my older brothers who got me uh got me started into fitness okay so it was kind of it was in your life that's good it was, yeah you could see it. yeah all right the next letter in the word prizes are the word is resilient the capacity <laughs> to recover quickly from difficulties toughness you kind of told us but i'll ask you anyway can you think of a particular situation was something happened and you discovered that you had resilience that maybe you didn't know that you had? Absolutely. Um, this goes back to something you said at the beginning when you, you made the analogy of the masks dropping in the plane and how you have to put it on you and how we men don't often take care of ourselves. So in terms of resilience, 
um, that day or those days back in late 2019, early 2020, when my partner and I, who we just celebrated our eighth anniversary, um, and we took our three month separation where we didn't talk or anything like that. And when we separated, that was one of the hardest things I'd ever done. And I was asking myself a question that a lot of people who are in a long-term committed relationship might ask themselves and is how was, am I ever, how am I ever going to live without this person? And I was so paranoid, but then it wasn't very shortly thereafter. Like within the first couple of days, I said, you know what? One thing that I regret doing, my partner's name is Jenny Lee. I said, one thing I regret not doing with her is dating her the way that I used to date her when we first started dating. And I just got off of that. I said, okay, well, you know what? I'm in line with you where you got to take care of yourself first. So I said, you know what? I am going to date the hell out of myself over the next three months. So within a couple of days, what I did was I set myself a super nice dinner. So I made myself like some bacon wrapped scallops for dinner. I made ribs. I had wine. I had a little bit of bourbon and scotch afterwards. And it was just me candlelit dinner in the living room with music by myself. And around that time is when I realized because it was like a roller coaster of emotions in terms of missing Jenny Lee and then being okay without Jenny Lee, missing Jenny Lee and then being okay without Jenny Lee. So, so many micro moments that turned out to be macro moments where I had to be resilient in those moments. And even though I wanted to reach out to her, I wanted to call her, I wanted to do a whole bunch of other things. I said, Carl, you have to make sure you're putting yourself first here so you can rely on yourself, love yourself. You don't need anything from anybody else, but you can want it from them. And that was one of the times that definitely, definitely has uh, stuck with me and become more of a habit now so that I don't rely on Jenny Lee to make me happy, but she definitely makes it easier. And one thing I, I told her, we had a conversation about this the other day, is I'm not with Jenny Lee and she's not with me so that we can complete each other. We're with each other because we believe that with each other's company, we can just get to where we want to go faster. That's all. So that was, that was a monumental time for me, for sure. So you, you don't have that typical rom-com relationship or, you know, you complete me <laughs> and I'm the full person. Yeah. That's somebody can no. write that, but living it is a completely different thing. It is. It is. And it just, it, from my experience, it just ain't true. As soon as you put the, you complete me on somebody else, what you're doing is you're putting expectations on them completely unconsciously. And as soon as they do something to break those expectations, all of a sudden that you complete me stuff and I love you and love being unconditional is gone. So, and I made that mistake a million times and I made it with Jenny Lee a bunch of times, which is why we no longer make that mistake. Don't get me wrong. If she were to leave my life, I would be heartbroken. There would definitely be a part, like a piece of emptiness there, but I'm a hundred percent confident that no matter whether I'm with her or alone, I'm getting to where I need to go. So that's good. We need to have a level of selfishness when it comes to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it's, and we're better for it in relationships. The more formed we are, the more completed on our own the better we can be in a relationship, the better we can be for somebody else. Mm -hmm. A good man is a great partner. A questionable man <laughs> isn't that. the best. So it never hurts to make, and I hear that a lot, you know, women like, I don't want to have to raise them, blah, 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 whatever. I've never really jumped on that stuff, but I really believe that when I'm confident, when I feel good, my wife is better. My kids mm -hmm. are better. My community is better. My neighborhood is better. And by extension, everything is better. So I like everything that you said. And 
selfish is not always a bad thing. It's necessary to be selfish. I got to take care of me. And when I'm good, I can work on everybody else. Um, I, I skipped the I because I'm coming back to it. The next letter in the word prize is Z. The word is zeal. I love this word. Love zeal. zeal. Okay. Enthusiastic devotion. What are you enthusiastically devoted to? Uh, the purpose, which is to inspire the dreams of humanity through living my own. But um, what I am like enthusiastically devoted to is redefining health and fitness, like redefining health and fitness. Because when I say the words health and fitness, most people are going to think about physical health and nutrition and fitness and exercise and diets. And yet I remember there was one time I was hosting a workshop here in Winnipeg, like I live in Winnipeg in Canada. And uh, I was hosting a workshop and it was a nutrition workshop. And I was asking everybody, to, I got everybody to stand up. There was 12 participants and I had them just stand in a straight line. And then I was asking them true or false question. I said, if you think this question is true, take a step forward. If you think it's false, take a step back. So I would be asking questions like you should limit the amount of fruits you eat because there's too much sugar in fruits. Some would step forward, some would step back. I said, you should increase the amount of protein that you eat because protein is essential for building muscle. Some would step forward, some would step back. There was only one unanimous question that I asked that everybody stepped forward for true. And the question that I asked is your diet affects every single area of your life, not just your physical body. So everybody knew that. And yet when it comes to health and fitness, we have a level of health and fitness in every single area of our lives. For example, your relationship health and fitness, you can have a very strong and flexible and agile and enduring relationship, or you can have one that's weak, one that is not flexible, one that has no mobility whatsoever. So, and that goes for your mental and emotional health, especially. So my question to people is if you know that training inside the gym and having a healthy diet is what it's going to take to improve your health and fitness physically, what are you doing to train your relationships and what are you feeding it? What are you doing to train your, train your mental emotional health and what are you doing to feed it? What are you doing professionally, purpose, and for your passion in terms of training those things and feeding those things? Because if you think that your physical body is the only aspect of your health and fitness, you're going to find out the hard way, just like all the clients I've trained over the years, that there's so many other pieces of the puzzle that you need to tend to with those other three being the keys that I focus on. And I just call it the prep work, like PREP, physical relationships, emotional and purpose. That's it. So train those things, make sure you're consuming good stuff for those things on the regular, get in your reps. And uh, yeah, so I am very enthusiastically dedicated to redefining health and fitness. I love oh, that's fantastic. Give me your impression. And I'm sure, I don't know how much you're on social media, but I'm sure you see things. Give me your impression of trainers, of people out there who make it their mission or their job to train people in the gym. What's your, what's your thoughts on them? What, what ideas do you get seeing them and talking about them? Are they good, bad? What do you see? It's, it's definitely a mixed bag. Um, say, for example, um, I'll, I'll see some... I'll speak to myself because I've been different trainers throughout my career. So I've been the trainer that's had an emphasis on making sure that people, for example, lose as much weight as fast as I possibly can. I am no longer that trainer because I don't believe that weight loss 
is even, those are words that we should never be uttering anymore. And if I could rid the health and fitness industry, fitness industry of two words, it would be weight loss. Um, I would never want to speak to those again, because perfect example, a client I have right now, who's had unbelievable success, dude, 65, and he's absolutely crushing it. Um, a couple of years ago, we sat down and he had a weight loss goal, but I knew given that from my experience, the number on the scale is not going to be a very accurate indicator of what's going on in your body. All I did was I asked him and said, okay, buddy, you want to achieve X weight. What are the four facts that you believe are going to be true for you when you get to that weight? Because I knew he wouldn't have to get down there. It was just those four facts. And if we focus on the four facts, it doesn't matter what you weight, your weight is. So sure enough, we set those for a year, six months in his weight didn't get to what he wanted to, but guess what? He had hit all those other four facts, which means the weight is irrelevant. Um, so in terms of my opinion of other trainers, I think it's very safe to say that every trainer is doing the best they can with what they've got based on what they've learned and what they've been told and what their experience is, because I've made a lot of mistakes over my career, like in terms of getting people to push themselves as hard as possible, every single workout to get the best results. I definitely don't do that anymore because I feel like that's not sustainable in every single one of my group fitness classes that I teach. Now I talk about level one, two, three, level one, take it nice and easy. If that's what you need today, because there's nothing wrong with taking a break when you need and going at it. Level two, dial up when you can dial back when you need nothing wrong with that at all. Level three, if you're feeling great today, you got confidence, your form is there, just crush, crush, crush it. But to try to maintain 110% is absolutely ridiculous. So there's, there's trainers who are more aligned with the message that I'm sending. I'm not going to say they're good or bad. There's ones who are uh, more aligned with the message I'm sending. And it depends on what the individual themselves is looking for. And if they find a trainer that can help them get to where they want to go in a nice direct route without causing any harm, then any trainer style can be good for any person. Excellent. Fantastic. Okay. The last letter in the word prize is E and the word is expectation. Hmm. Expectation, a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Depending upon who I talk to, I have different ways of asking this question, but what do you expect of yourself in the next year with whatever goals, relationships, physical fitness, not even your, not even your clients, for you? What do you expect from yourself, from life in general? Where are you going to be in a year? Okay. So where I'm going to be in a year, I'll just tackle the prep work. So we'll go through the PREP. So physically I expect to be in better condition than I am right now. Um, so all that means is that whatever I can see physically right now, I want to be able to, I want to be to at least be able to see what I can see now uh, in terms of definition and muscle size. And then along with that though, I want to be able to perform better by perform better um, mobility has become incredibly important for me because as I age, I'm turning 43 right away. And as I age, I notice that, um, if I'm not doing things properly, my body responds in a very negative way, uh, much more quickly, like I'm much more prone to injury. If I'm not doing things properly or for my ego is getting in the way and I'm lifting more weights. So I just want to be in better shape than I am this year. And to me, that means my body moves better, moves healthier, and I'm able to perform at a higher level. Um, now, in terms of relationships, I expect Jenny Lee and I to be further along than we are now in a couple main categories. Number one, communication. Our communication has always been amazing, but it keeps getting better. So I want to keep that trend going. 
intimacy in whatever form that takes. That could be sex. That could be conversations. That could be little touches. That could be eye gazes. That could be sharing text via videos or messages, making sure that that is going. I want to be able to look back a year from now and ask her and her and I both agree unanimously that our level of intimacy and communication is better than it was a year ago. Um, emotionally, Taking something, taking the intangible and making it tangible can sometimes be challenging. Now, for me, I alluded to before that um, I used to cancel on clients quite a bit because of depression and anxiety and panic attacks. And those still happen every once in a while. So I know for me that if there, if I cannot remember the last time that I canceled on a client or a friend or even plans with myself or with family because of anxiety or depression. If I can't remember that time, that means I am getting better. And that reminds me of another quote that I absolutely love that you're going to love is happiness is never having to stop to think if you are. And that's where I want to get emotionally. And then in terms of purpose, it's simple. By the end of the year, by the end of this year, let alone a year from now, I'm going to have a journal that is completely going to flip the self-help and personal development uh, industry on its ass. And by that, I mean, a lot of the journals we have right now, like I'm, I just started a journal a few months ago called the gratitude journal for men. I can't remember who wrote it, but it's pretty cool. Like you open it up, you've got two questions that you answer in the morning, two questions at night, and they're great questions. And some of them prompt you to action, but there's really nothing in it that makes sure you take action because anybody who's into personal development is like old Carl, where it's like you listen to podcasts, you read books, you get inspired. But then if you really take a look at your life a year ago, not much has changed because you didn't do much. Well, this journal that I'm creating is designed to make sure that every single time you get a quote that hits you, write that quote down. And within 10 minutes, you will come up with one small, specific and simple step that you will take immediately to go from, as I say on my podcast, inspiration to implementation. So you can ignite the impact you wish to see in your world. So that's where we're going to be from a professional passion and purpose standpoint one year from now. Fantastic. So you take the gym aspect, what we do in the gym and work ourselves and you take it into our lives. So let me ask you this. If I go to the gym and I work out, and, you know, like my wife likes the boulder shoulders, so I know I'm putting in some weight when I'm doing what I'm nice. doing the military press or when I'm when I'm working out. And if I work out well enough and I eat properly, I can see definition. I can see the results. I can see the time and the effort that I put in. Since you take this and you use it to deal with the outside world, our life, not the physical, what? definition can I see in myself to show that what I'm doing working with you is working out? When I work in a gym, I get abs, I get shoulders. When I work outside of the gym and I'm working with you, what am I seeing to know that I'm progressing? Okay. So that is an amazing question and I love it. So I am going to direct some questions on you and we're going to answer that. So let's say if you could, thinking about your relationship with your wife, okay? If you could end the sentence, I am blank with one word that would represent who you want to be inside of a relationship with your wife, what would that one word be? So I am what? I am satisfied. Satisfied. Okay. So now what are, let's just go to, I would normally go for, but fine. what are two tangible truths? In other words, facts inside of your relationship that would have to be true for you that you knew meant you being satisfied. 
So two things. Two things tangible, satisfied would be, that's good. Um, that's a good question. I'm thinking about it. Um, I communicated i don't know i'm trying to is, is it have to be one word or can it be a phrase or oh no word? you can you can do a sentence you can do a paragraph okay. i don't care like just think about when you've most been satisfied with your life what are two times or two two aspects that lead to that satisfaction i when we or i are communicating the best communication yeah. is and it's such a cliche and things but it's so important when we talk and there's nothing in question when everything, when we're simpatico, when we're talking about stuff and we are in the same place or we're not in the same place, but we know it. We, when we are, when we have different opinions about things, but we can still discuss them. Me and my wife don't agree on a lot of things, but we can talk and we can be together while disagreeing, communicating with somebody who I don't always agree with, but being comfortable in hearing a different opinion and being comfortable enough to express my different opinions. So communication, that's a big one. Um, two, we are, I, I don't know, we're married, but co-parenting well. I'm a stay-at-home dad. Okay. She's out in the world working. But when we are raising our kids together in line, where I say something and she's in agreement, or she says something and I'm in agreement, and these kids know that it's them versus us type of thing. That sounds kind of like a battle, but it's not. When I know that our kids can see that they've got a united front raising them. So when my kids, I'm I'm a man who's grown up in the whole family sense. When my kids are taken care of and my wife is taken care of, then I'm taken care of. That's how I've kind of grown. And I'm trying to kind of get away from that because I kind of feel like the order should change. But when my kids are good, my relationship is good. And that goes along with us communicating so that when we're not good, we know it and we talk about it. So Okay. Th those are beautiful definitions. I like the word united front there a lot or those words a lot. So it's really simple. So then if you, you mentioned about being able to look at your abs and see definition and everything like that. So that's a matter of going in front of the mirror and having the reflection back on you, right? So you can see if the stuff you're doing is in the gym. So one of the things that I've got to give Jenny Lee credit for that we started doing a long time ago that has been monumental our relationship is just relationship check-ins. That's it. So that's literally you going in front of the relationship, not literally, sorry, figuratively, you going in front of the relationship mirror to see if what's reflecting back at you is working. So if you were on a weekly basis or biweekly basis, or at the very least a monthly basis, sit down with your wife and say, honey, let's talk about our communication. And you just listed so many aspects that you can check off with regards to communication. You may not agree, but you respect each other's opinions. You've got the United Fronts and everything like that. Boom, we got those. And then same thing with, um, with regards to have raising your children, right? Like you can check those things off. So it's just a matter about having that check-in with your wife to have that reflection in front of the mirror and be like, Hey, are we on the same page here? And are we on the same page and having those open communications? Because if you are doing that, because what side note here, one of the biggest mistakes I made with regards to my body and with regards to Jenny Lee. It, that picture that I took in 2019, it wouldn't have looked the same in 2020 had I taken repeated pictures. So I took one picture a year where, so I got feedback once a year 
if we're getting feedback with our partners in our relationships in terms of communication and raising your kids, and you're doing that once a year, you have no idea what's going on throughout that year. So if we're doing it weekly, bi-weekly, or at least monthly, now you're going to have an idea and that for lack of a better expression, this, the relationship scale that you're stepping on to give you the feedback to see if you're actually going to or getting to where you want to go. So that's what I'd recommend for relationships so you can really make an assessment as to whether or not you are getting better. I like that. And I, when you talk about that picture, I, I kind of imagine, and I don't know if that's a thing to do, but to be able to take a snapshot of your relationship as the year progresses. Because I can imagine like if you had been taking pictures throughout the year, I imagine you looked this way in December, January, maybe you ate a lot for New Year's and whatever, maybe you were a little <laughs> plump. But, you know, maybe end of January, you've been better. But then it's Valentine's Day or around the time, and maybe you live it up. And to kind of see that, like life, relationships have their ups and downs mm -hmm. and this continuous change. What you saw was this and this, but all that work in between, you didn't get to see. If you can do that with relationships, I think you appreciate it when you're in a really good spot. Because mm -hmm. we went through some crap here, and then we made it. And then we went through some different crap here, but we made it. I, I, I like that. That's kind of, I kind of like the idea of like an emotional scale that you're kind of getting on oh. and you're back and forth. And you know what? I'm like, I'm good here. But you know what? I gained a little weight. Maybe I picked up some guilt or something, or I dropped a little weight. I lost a little self-esteem. There's like things that you can throw in back and forth. And in a year, babe, I struggled this year with my self-esteem, but you were there for me. You, you struggled with your self-worth, but you came back. And like, you can kind of, you could almost put a scale, a real list together. At the end of the year, we were good here. We got better. We were good here. We got a little bit worse. There's real potential. I really like what you said there. I really like what you said there. This is well done. Thank you very much. But I'm going to give you huge props to something because as you were talking, what came up to my, what came in my mind was the word feeling. And then you said emotional scale, which is absolutely brilliant. Because when we have those conversations with our partners, that is when we're stepping on the emotional scale. Like you're stepping on there because you can't really, it's hard. It's really hard to make the intangible tangible sometimes. So it's not something really physical you're going to see happening with the relationship. Sure. You guys may be more intimate and communication might be better, but relationships and a lot of things in life are all about that feeling that emotional connection. And you'll be able to sense that when you're sitting down with your partner, when you go to like, one of the things that I got to give Jenny Lee a lot of props for is she is unbelievable at initiating vulnerable conversations. And she creates the space and opens the door for me to do the same where I've got no problem telling her things that I'm ridiculously ashamed of or embarrassed about, because I know that she's going to respond with compassion and understanding and love. And she knows that vice versa with me. So when you go into a conversation, what does it feel like on that emotional scale? If, if you feel comfortable sharing the vulnerability with your partner, then guess what? Your emotional scale is doing awesome. If you're walking on eggshells, might need to take a look at that emotional scale and see what you can do. But um, one other little thing I'm going to add that's been extremely helpful for me when you're talking about like just taking snapshots throughout the relationship. One thing that I do on a regular basis is I write letters to Jenny Lee that are gratitude letters. So, and it's, it's pretty long and I, not long, like it takes about 10 minutes, but it's just 
thanking her for one specific thing. And then that way, when we go over throughout the course of a year, like she gets one of these probably once a week, something like that, once every two weeks, but she'll have at least say 50 throughout the year. We can go throughout the year and we can reread those. And now she's got something tangible that she can read. And I've got something tangible that I can read that number one shows how she's been an incredible partner, but number two shows my gratitude for how incredible she has been. And that's obviously going to bring you a lot closer and it's worked amazing for us. And that's something I got from wake up warrior too. Like he's got so many amazing tools there. So yeah. That's beautiful. That's, I really like that idea. There's nothing, it's simple, but there's nothing better than reading something, you know, saying that you're good at something, a, a nice, simple mm -hmm. compliment can really, really perk up your day. And when it's from somebody really special, that makes it even better. I really, I, I may have to absolutely borrow that from you. So I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I save the middle letter in the word prize. I, for the person I'm speaking to, it doesn't represent a word. It represents you. Okay. So I'm going to take away all the titles, the shackles, at least that I see that we men kind of grab onto. So you're not a husband, a friend, an employee, a trainer, anything. I'm just talking. It's Carl, dark room, nothing else. When all that stuff is thrust away and put to the side, it's the typical podcast question. Who are you? There are so many different answers to that. But what first came up is that I'm a very fearful, self-conscious um, human being who doesn't believe in himself enough. So he tries to pawn that off by showing how much he believes in other people. He is doing everything he can to be the best human being he can, but he has more faith in others than he does in himself, which is why he puts more attention on others than he does himself. That's the first thing that came up for me. I really, I really relate to that a lot. It might be the first time I've heard that said that way. Cause I kind of, I kind of walked earth feeling the same thing. I, I know exactly what you mean. And I know that because I've got a wife who tells me, you're this, you're this, you don't see it. You can do this. And it takes so long to accept it and to run with it. It's like, mm -hmm. here, I'm handing you this football. Go. Yeah. But I keep dropping it. And it's it's so interesting. You said that, and I'm like, I feel like I could have said that. And I still might. But recognition, self-recognition, understanding where you are, but knowing that you can do better is important. And mm -hmm. I relate to that very much so thank you for answering the questions in the prize mantra i appreciate that i have a few more cool and you kind of mentioned it let's you, you you mentioned the word let's try this what are you afraid of that you can not control what am i afraid of that i cannot control my own exuberance um i believe very passionately <laughs> in uh, the message that I have to share. Um, and I'm afraid that if I'm as authentic as I would like other people to be, I'll be instantly rejected. Instantly. People are just going to be like, who the hell are you? Why should I listen to you? 
what do you know about anything? Who are you to say this? Who are you to lead this? Who are you to come up with that? Like, who are you? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid to have people see who I really am. What are you afraid of that you can control? That I can control? Yeah. <laughs> that exact same thing. Because just like in the gym, one of the things that I've come to learn very much now is that every workout is comprised of a like series of sets, right? So if you break the workout down into its individual sets, it gets a little bit more manageable. But then if you break it down even further into its individual reps, one thing I tell my classes and my students all the time is treat every single rep like its own workout. Because if you can crush this one rep, and by crush it, I don't mean necessarily make it the strongest, just whatever your intention is. Maybe your intention is to have really good form. Maybe your intention is to match your breathing with your contraction. I don't care what it is, but have your intention set that makes the rep, makes the purpose of the rep the intent of the workout. Because if you have, if you do that with every rep or as many reps as you can, you're going to have a good set. You do that with all the sets, you're going to have a great workout. So with me, it's always going to boil down to one rep at a time. So what is the rep I am doing right now? How is my form? What is my purpose for this rep? So say, for example, during this podcast, what is it? And it's just to remain present. It's to be love. It's to be compassionate. It's to be all the things that I say I want to be. Um, so if I can do that one rep at a time, and when I slip, no problem. When you're doing squats and you, let's say you're doing 12, they're not going to all be the same. And one's going to be screwed up. One will be great. And you don't sit there and berate yourself for the one you learn from it. And then you make the next rep better as a result. So just one rep at a time is how I'm going to do that. All right. Okay. So one thing I've realized in talking to men is, you know, we're not really raised to be emotional to talk about it. You know, all the same stuff I've been saying. But one thing I think is that we want to be emotional. We want to talk. We have a lot that's going on. And I think we're in a time now where, you know, mental health discussions were kind of taboo, um, but not as much now. Now we can talk about it. Now nobody's going to look at you strange if you know if you have a therapist or whatever. But for me, I think a lot of men don't have access to it. And what I mean is I want to talk. I want to say what's going on, but do I have that person? Right. I could say it too. I told you at the beginning that a lot of things, men, we don't take care of ourselves. And one thing we don't do is talk. We don't release it because we don't know who trust is a huge thing with us. Yeah. Who do you, do you have a person aside from Jenny Lee? And we're going to have to put family aside. Somebody close enough somebody you trust enough that you could pick up the phone right now and say, I did something insanely stupid right now. And I don't know why. And I know it's dumb. And I just need to talk about it. Somebody who would be there to listen to you would be like, yeah, Carl, that was some dumb issue you did right there. But when that conversation is over, you knew that person didn't judge you wrongly. They respectfully heard you and that you were able to get it out. Do you have that kind of person? that you trust infinitely. I'm, I'm very fortunate where I have, I have several. Um, I, over the past couple of years, I've made a very strong, intentional, purposeful commitment to building my relationship with other men. Um, and all stemmed from that coaching program again. 
So I've got uh, one guy, Dennis, my man, when you listen to this and see this, um, I actually just text Dennis. Dennis lives down in the States um, and we met through the program, uh, the coaching program. So uh, we were in the habit of, uh, we had a small group of men that we would get together with on Zoom once a week. And then that broke up. I'm going to say, man, it's been, must be close to a year now, but Dennis and I have stayed in touch. So it was right before this podcast, actually, we said, okay, when are we going to have another bourbon night? And so next Monday at 745, him and I are hopping on there. And Dennis knows my deepest, darkest secrets. Uh, I know his, he's the type of guy that will say, Carl, you are um, totally, what you're saying isn't true and you need to think something else. Or if I make a mistake, he's like, Carl, you need to pull your head out of your, you know what, and just, you, you need to come clean about something or you need to get, you need to get straight about something. He's the guy that I know when I can't see the reflection because I'm so caught up in the storm myself, he will be the calm in the storm and show me what I need to show or what I need to see and tell me what I need to hear, whether that hurts or not. Um, so he's one of those guys. And I've got a couple other friends that I've I've made a habit of being vulnerable with, and to my surprise, they were vulnerable with me in return. So I'm extremely fortunate that way, but that took a lot of time. Um, not, not a lot of time because I don't want to emphasize time and I don't want to emphasize things being hard. I just want to emphasize them requiring you get in your reps and do them in a good amount of frequency. So making sure that you are connecting and getting in those reps on a regular basis. And in terms of like touching base with other men. One of the best things about showing your vulnerable side is you are opening the door for them to do the exact same thing. And as stupid and as much of a screw up as we think we are, everybody is just as bad as we are. And they've all got their own, uh, like whatever in the closet and just, yeah, we're all on the, we're all on the same page. We've all got the same crap we're dealing with. It's just boxed up in different boxes. That's all. So true. One thing I've told men talking to them, there's two groups of people that will really show you who you are. One is a really good friend who knows you and can see your BS from a mile away. The other is if you have kids. And I don't know, I don't think you're a parent yet, but there is no. nothing like if you have kids, if you think you're a good person, Watch your four-year-old deal with conflict. How'd they learn how to deal with oh. conflict? They learn by watching you. If your child, and it's a four-year-old, it's young, a 10 or 11-year-old, they don't know any better. They lived with you. They watched you argue. They watched you laugh. They watched you watch hockey or football or baseball or whatever. They respond to these things just like you are. Your children are the mirror. They are you in a smaller form. Do you think you're a good person? Watch your kids and they'll tell you <laughs> it's so, and I've got four of them and I've got three girls and I've got a son oh, Wow! and I've got, for me, especially it's my son, how I send them out to the world. Cause my kids are my agents. I send them out to the world. They're me. And I want the world to respect me. And if they respect my kids, they respect me. How does my son deal when he goes on a date? How does he deal with open? Does he open that door? Is he respectful? Does he pull the chair out? Does he look at the girl in the eye when he speaks to her? If he does, I did something right. So a good friend will tell you how you are and kids will show you. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. I love that. I love it's, that. It's 
having people around you, your environment will show you a lot. And mm -hmm. my last question, for us men, we have relationships, we love people, but somebody in my, one of my last podcasts, he mentioned this to me. And he's now in a relationship where he is, he loves this woman because for the real first time, she absolutely loves him for who he is entirely. And a lot of us are getting, we're getting relationships and we're with somebody, you're with Jenny Lee, I'm with my wife, Chris, great things. But the question is this, have you been loved? And maybe you are right now. Have you been loved by somebody completely who knows every part of you, 100%. The good stuff that's shown on the podcast, the good stuff on the website, the good stuff that the people being trained see, and the bad stuff that nobody else knows, the stuff in the back of the closet that you don't even tell your friends, that you don't even want to remember. Have you been loved by somebody who knows it all and loves you anyway? I am, man. Somebody's going to be getting a huge hug when she gets home. Um, Jenny Lee is. When I look back on some of the things that I've done in my, in our relationship, um, some of the things that I haven't done in our relationship and how much empathy and compassion and acceptance and forgiveness there has been on her part. I have given Jenny Lee multiple reasons over the past eight years to run as far and as fast as she can. Um, and while she's thought about it, um, <laughs> she's also um, chosen to see the side of me and the side of us that she knows is truth. Um, and that's why things are as good as they are and continue to get better. So I'm very fortunate to have somebody who has, who knows things that nobody else knows and nobody else will ever know. Um, and yet loves those parts of me as much as the opposite, because she knows that that's what makes up the whole. I like that answer. And truthfully and sadly, a lot of us men are in relationships, but aren't really as fulfilled as we could be because we're holding back a little bit of ourselves mm -hmm. with the person that we're supposed to be completely honest with. So I love hearing men who understand, who put it all out there and it's a risk. You kind of throwing your heart on the plate and hoping she doesn't slice it open. It's hard. It's, it's really hard. hard. But when you have somebody who you could just like, she knows all my stuff and she's still here. That may be the most calming feeling to be in when you're in a relationship and there's nothing left to hide. Right. She knows it all. That yeah. person knows it all and you the same. Everything else feels like it works better when that's because you can go home and home is home. Yes. Yes. There, there is definitely something to be said and there's no way you can possibly put a price on, on this just full disclosure and transparency. Like just knowing that you've got nothing to hide because every, like the doors are all open mm -hmm. and you're living in a glass house and that's okay. Um, because you're living with somebody that's not going to be throwing rocks around. So, yeah. All right. 
So enough of this emotional <laughs> attack on you, Sarah. I appreciate you answering all these questions. Thank you so much. Where can my listeners slash viewers find you? What are you up to? Social media, website, what's happening with you? Tell us all. Uh, uh, social media, it's really simple. It's on IG at Ignite the Impact. And my podcast is Inspired by Impact. And it's really simple. I'm doing the best I can to fulfill that purpose, to inspire the gyms of humanity through living my own, just by taking the best of what works inside the gym and applying it outside the gym. Because one of the things I'm a very, very firm believer in, and that I'm trying to not trying, but I'm practicing every single day to get better at is we have a tendency to blame ourselves for our shortcomings, for the way things are in our life, our lives, whether that's our relationships or body, whatever it is. But if there's something that is not going the way that you want it to go, it's not that there's a problem with you. It's that there's an issue with your behavior and your behavior is revolving around the systems you have set up that will either promote the behavior you want or promote the behavior you don't want. So if you can just improve the system in terms of your environment, the people around you, everything that's going on in your head, what you have in your fridge, all those things, um, you can you can realize that change isn't hard. And this is one thing I actually thought about today, because one of the things I used to tell my clients all the time is that whether you're losing weight or you're getting strong, or you want more definition, it's not that it's hard. It just takes time, but I'm not a believer in that anymore. It's not even that it takes time. It takes practice. That's all it is. Whatever, whatever it is that you want to do, you just need to practice that behavior. Because as soon as you get in a number of reps, all of a sudden there's going to be one of those reps where something clicks like, oh, this is what I need to do instead. And then all of a sudden you get in a few more reps, like boom, okay, now this is what I need to do instead. You keep getting in your reps, getting in your reps. And yeah, they're going to suck and they're going to be hard and they're going to be challenging at first. They're going to be confusing. You're going to be embarrassed. You may even be ashamed, but that all goes away as long as you are practicing. So things are not hard They just take practice. And if you're willing to practice, you can have whatever the hell you want. Well said, sir. Well said. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you to everybody who listened to this podcast. Thank you to Kristen McGriff, who reads my intro and the outro, the smooth voice to get you in here and the smooth voice to let you out. She's got a podcast called The Candid Shop Podcast. Give her a listen. Thank you to my listeners. Thank you to my guests. Thanks for listening to Men Are the Prize, the podcast where your inner monologue is revealed. Have a good week. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Men Are The Prize podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow Harvey on the gram at Men of Zealous Nature or on Twitter at Men Zealous. Have a great week and never forget, you are a man and you are the prize.